Through Exile is a new podcast that desires to provide a different message from what is present in modern society. True hope can only be found in Jesus. As part of that hope, we as Christians must be exiled from the world's way and believe that through Jesus, we now are citizens of heaven. This citizenship is guaranteed because Christ has already proclaimed victory. Hey, I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. We are Hope Through Exile. All right, we are talking today about what we believe. How do you feel about that, Matt? I feel good about this because there's a lot of misconceptions about what we believe as Christians. And I think as Christians, we can even get away from that sometimes. So I think it's definitely a good topic to go over right now. Yeah, I would definitely agree. The thing I'd like to talk to first is God's Word. Let's talk about God's Word as it applies to multiple things. We can start first with the Bible. Let me get your definition first of what you think God's Word is. I think the Bible is the inspired Word of God. Uh, I think every word in it was handed down from Him, inspired from Him through people, through His Holy Spirit. He wrote it through, I think there's, what, 40 different authors that wrote books in the Bible. I think it's how God reveals Himself to us. It shows us our fallen state, the state of our hearts, and what God has done to redeem us. It shows from the beginning of paradise found, paradise lost, and then at the very end in Revelation is paradise regained. So it's this incredible story of God creating us, blessing us, us losing it, and then God saying, okay, this is how I'm bringing it back. It shows us how, what he's done to save us, and then how we should live for him in light of him doing what he did to save us. And then it paints this incredible picture of paradise once again found when we are with our father in paradise uh, forever. And, and it's just a great, great picture. There's so much comfort and instruction and just good things that come from the word of God. There, there is a lot in there. And I mean, that's, it's very descriptive. I think you're right on point with a lot of that. The thing I'd like to talk to though, is you say like 40 different people have written this, Yes. right? And that's a great argument for those that have a disbelief in the Bible and the validity of the Bible. And, you know, I know, I know even some, like there was a, there was a guy I went to college with, it was a Christian, professed Christian, but he was completely against the Bible, which I thought was just strange. And his whole argument uh, against the Bible was that it had so many different authors. It had been translated so many different times that what we were reading was so lost in translation that it can't be the truth. To me, I'm kind of baffled by that. You know, I'm like, how can you believe in Jesus Christ and not believe in the Bible? How do you find faith in God's word if it had been put together by 40 different people through generations, and then translated over, what, 2,000 years or something? Right. The Bible was written by the Holy Spirit, which is through God, which the Holy Spirit can speak through anybody at any time. He can give us words to say, the courage to say them. At some point, everybody has to come to a conclusion of, is this the inspired word of God or not? It's just like anything else in your, your journey with God. It's a faith thing. And it doesn't leave you any choice to say anything else. You either say every word in this is from God mm, and right. for us to learn about who he is and how he wants us to live in light of that, or it's not. You can't sit here and say, well, this part 
is inspired by God, but I don't like what this says over here. So it's not, or this doesn't pertain to today. So this is not from God. So at some point you have to step out in faith. It is a faith thing. You have to step out and say, yes, this is from God. And once you do that as a Christian, everything changes. Cause I mean, if you, if you open up the Bible and you're like, this is the inspired word of God, you're going to read it differently than you would. If you just said that a bunch of different people wrote it and it doesn't make sense. It's just not from God. Yeah, true. But then you have to look at other things too. There are thousands and thousands of prophecies that were written in the Bible. And the Bible actually says that God gave us those prophecies so that we can know that it was God who said them. Because what has happened is the ones that were supposed to have been fulfilled have been fulfilled to the letter. I think Jesus fulfilled over 3,000 of them while he was walking the earth, which is crazy. Yeah, he fulfilled quite a bit of them. And they said, I, I forget the exact number, but it was, I think Frank Turek, a Christian apologist was talking about the in, the inspired word of God and how the Bible is inspired and, and the odds of fulfilling those prophecies that he did. And he had said that if you took the entire state of Texas and filled it a foot high with quarters, it would be like picking the one red one out of the middle of it. That's the odds that one person could fulfill all the prophecies in the Bible. Like one in some. That's a ridiculous. It, it is. Like, I can't even like my brain doesn't work like that. You know what I mean? Like, I'll like, I listen to that. and I'm like, I'll leave that up to you, Frank. Cause, but he did put it into my terms where I'm like, wow, there's no way. You yeah. know what I mean? And then as Christians, we know it. And th- this is maybe not something that somebody that doesn't read the Bible as the word of God or, or somebody that's not a Christian, but as, as Christians, you know, it because it speaks to you, you, you read it. And God, through his Holy Spirit, who inspired it and that lives inside of you, jumps out of the page. And you have to have experienced that to know what I'm talking about. See, and that's that's exactly what I want to get to is when you talk about it, it speaks to you. Yes. When you're reading it and you're like, yeah, it speaks to me. This is meaning something to me. A lot of Christians describe this as like God's word being alive. And that's what I find amazing about the Bible is, you know, you can take the Bible, you can open it up, you can read it. You can read it just like you would any other textbook or any other novel in my case. I mean, it, 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 I mean, it bores me to tears at times reading books. I just, oh, man, I struggle with reading books. Put a movie in, you've got my attention. Throw a book in front of me, it's nap time. <laughs> yeah. But the Bible, though, I have read it. Now, I've read it in both ways. I've read it in times when I'm just like, oh, my gosh, these begots have got to go. Like, this is ridiculous. Right. And then I've also read it in times where it's like, this is absolutely amazing. This can only be God because this is so applicable to my life right now. I cannot believe this. Like, am I reading the right book here? Like, flipping it over back and forth. Like, this can't be real. And it's so amazing because I believe that is more along the lines of how Christians describe the book as being alive. I believe it's Hebrews 4.12 says that the Bible is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. So it talks about how the Bible has the power to penetrate. It says even to like the joints and the ligaments is pretty much what it's describing in there. The Bible has this way of, okay, I'll speak from just personal experience. Just do it to be real about this. Be brave. So there was a time right after I got saved, the enemy was kind of talking to me and I was, I was really doubting my, my salvation, who I was. I was thinking about the things that I'd done in the past. And I'm like, why you start to doubt yourself and your, your salvation in God. So I was praying. I was like, God, I need your help. If 
like I'm struggling right now. And I open up the Bible and I don't recommend just open up the Bible and picking out a verse because it could end badly for you. But I open it up and this just happened. God just worked through this and right. I mean, I'll never forget this right off the page. It jumped out at me. It was a uh, Isaiah 43 one. And it's my life verse. And it says, fear not for I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. And I was like, are you serious? And it, it was like, God was right in front of me. And he spoke this to me. Don't be afraid anymore. I've redeemed you. I've paid for you. You are mine. Yeah. You know, I've shed blood for you. And then it says, when you go through the waters, I will be with you and the fires will not burn you. And I've just always remember that. That doesn't mean that that wasn't God saying I won't go through hard times, that things won't be rough for me. He was saying that he will always be there for me and I'm his throughout. And that's a way that the Bible, like when, when things like that happen to you, it's such a gift from our father who's personally speaking to you through his word. My goodness, I, I, you could offer me a billion dollars to trade that and I wouldn't. It's such a, such a gift to have from God. And there are other times where it speaks to you and it's a little bit harder because it points out something that you should be doing and you're not right. or something you shouldn't be doing and yeah. you are. And it's God teaching you, you know, and it's got a weight to it and, it and it kind of breaks your heart sometimes, but in a good way that needs to happen in a correcting way. This says that his word is useful for correcting, teaching. It will, it, it will correct you and teach you and, and, and it's not so easy when it does it, but it needs to happen. And, and it's a good thing when it does happen because a good father is going to show you when you're messing up. Yes. He's not just going to let you continue on a path that ultimately the path of sin ultimately leads to our destruction. And if he sees you stumbling in that, he's given us our word to correct you and say, nope, back this way. That's a good thing. It's a good thing to be pressed into and corrected by God like that. A, right. The thing that wouldn't be a good thing that would be from somebody that wouldn't be a good father would be to let us just continue on that path. But God doesn't do that. God says, nope, back this way. And yeah. uh, that's a, a very, very good thing. It's a very good thing. This podcast is being sponsored by Hope Has Risen. Hope Has Risen is a drug recovery ministry where Jesus, hope, and recovery can coexist. We are committed to meeting people right where they are whether they are seeking recovery or are family members of those in active addiction. If you or someone you know is seeking recovery or just wants to become a part of our community, visit hopehasrisen.org or on Facebook at Hope Has Risen. Thanks for Hope Has Risen for supporting this podcast. Yeah, you know... It it's kind of amazing because the Bible itself, uh, there's there's common messages throughout the Bible, and I think a lot of them are faith, love, focus, and just being able to focus on Jesus, focus on God. That focus being having God and Jesus as the only God that you serve, and then also like treating neighbors with respect, with love. There's just common messages that that aren't out there to harm you, that aren't out there to literally harm others. I mean, this is a book that has common messages that it really kind of just, just blasts you with, look, I'm a God of love. I'm a God of hope. I'm a God that demands your attention, too. There are things in there for correction. There are things in there for, if you love me in return, this is what I expect. But, I mean, it's all still within that aspect of love from what I've read, and it does have a lot of common themes throughout it. 
I really think that people that discredit the Bible aren't really paying attention to those themes. They're looking for something else that is not within the Bible. Right. There are those that would discredit Christianity, I guess, and for what they think we stand for. But if you were to actually look in the Bible, the way God expects us to live and says for us to live, nobody can discredit that. Like, okay, so if you were to look at the Ten Commandments, if somebody was stepping outside and didn't know anything about them, and and you were to say, okay, this is the way God wants me to live my life in relation to you. This is how he wants me to treat you. He doesn't want me to lie to you, to steal from you, to be jealous of the things you have, to um, run after your wife, to, to murder you. God wants this for everybody that is living. So these are good things. Nobody can look at somebody that walks in integrity and doesn't lie, doesn't steal, doesn't cheat, doesn't kill. You can't, you can't look at somebody like that and be like, well, man, that's a horrible person. So the Bible gives us this, this way to live in a really, really good way where if, if we would actually live it out in, in such a way where people would see that and see what, we're, what the Bible says about where we're supposed to be. I don't think that there would be that much of an issue when it comes to that part in itself. There, there will yeah. be other issues that it, when it, when it comes along, especially with culture, the way it is now, but as far as who, who we're supposed to be and, and how we're supposed to live, if that was lived out in the real way, how could you argue with that? How could you argue with somebody that wants to be somebody that takes care of their, their family and walks in integrity yeah. and puts God first above all things? You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I absolutely know what you mean. And I think you have a valid point. Just to go on with more of the things that we believe, you know, we believe in the creation. This is in line with the Bible. Other things that we believe in the fall, who Jesus was, that he was the son of God, that he died and rose again for our sins. Those things are details within the Bible that we as Christians do believe. But I mean, what you're talking about is just basic moral values, Right. That are found within the Bible. And then it's like, okay, as a as just a human, we're talking humanity alone. If you look at the Bible and you say, okay, here are some just basic moral characteristics that are good. That seems pretty logical to me. Like, this is pretty standard. This is pretty logical. If we're talking about humanity, yeah, this is, this is pretty good. Now, once you start diving into the whole, well, creation, well, are we talking about... The Bible is specific in the fact that it's, you know, creation theory versus, um, you know, what's popular is more of evolution or Big Bang theory. I think it takes just as much faith to believe in evolution or the Big Bang theory as it does the Bible. But we talk about the Bible as though it is as real to us as, you know, the schools teach evolution as being as real to, to them. So, I mean, it's all, it, as you described it, it's all based off of where your faith is. Our faith is in the Bible. We believe it as being truth today, right? Right. So the thing that I think we should touch on a little bit is also that aspect of where the Bible does talk about things that we, in correction. I don't think this is touched on enough. I don't think it's touched on enough in churches, and I don't think it's touched on enough in society, too. Churches, at least the churches that I've been to, it's rare. And I go around to several different churches. I mean, of course, I have a church home, but I play drums for churches. And I'll go to and play to drums for other churches. And I'm not going to list off all these churches that, in my opinion, make mistakes. Uh, But what I will say is that there there is a lack 
of these correction-type verses being preached in the churches today? Just in general, just saying, look, you know, if you love me, this being God or Jesus, both, if you love me, you need to do this. If you're not doing this, then you don't really love me. Those types of verses. And they're found all over the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. They're found all over the place. But we, we only like the ones that make us feel good. Like the ones that, that we walk out going, man, that was so good. That was so good. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love coming back here next Sunday. Rest <laughs> of my life, I'm going to do whatever I want. I think there are an abundance of, they call them fluff pieces in the newspaper, that kind of thing, when it comes to, to sermons. I don't necessarily think that the pastor is intentionally doing this when, when pastors do this. I think they, they're trying to encourage their flock and they're going about thinking that this is the best way to do it. I kind of want to give some grace when I talk about this, but we are doing an absolute discredit to our country and to God and the people if we are not preaching the whole word of God. Yeah. He's given us this to teach us, to align us with his will. If we are taking verses out of context that just encourage us and talk about something new coming up without talking about what God expects to do in our hearts and what he wants us to do to align ourselves with his will, then it's a travesty to everybody around us. You're not doing anybody any favors by talking about what would be perceived as encouraging and then not shepherding their heart the right way it needs to be. And a lot of times there will be verses that I guess are taken out of context in order to do that. Oh, um, yes. One I saw recently, and it was on a national Christian social media page. We'll leave it at that. They had, they had quoted Habakkuk. And, and in that it says, I'm going to do a new thing in your time, something that you wouldn't believe if you saw it. And people were sharing this and quoting it. And you see this, this verse on posters and stuff like that sometimes. And it's kind of crazy because the new thing God is talking about doing is he's executing judgment on Israel. He's bringing the Chaldeans in to wipe everybody out. Like, and, and people are saying this, look, God's going to do something new. And they're all stoked about it. You know what I mean? And I'm like, but read it. <laughs> like, just read a couple more verses and, and you'll see. You're like, no, you don't want this new. It's <laughs> <laughs> bad new. <laughs> yeah. And when we do this, when we do this, like we're taking God's word that he's given to us. God is wonderful. He's intimate with us. He's close. He's, he could be our best friend. Absolutely. And he should be. Right. But there's a reverence and a holiness that you need to have when it comes to God, too. When you, when you read his word, you should take it as words from a holy God that should be treated with, with respect and reverence. You know, you shouldn't just take them out of context and give them to people in a haphazard way that's ultimately going to lead to nobody's good. It's, they're going to walk out and feel good for a couple hours. Yes. But are they going to get any good sustenance? Are they going to live their life differently because of God's word? from what they heard that day, or are they just going to walk away feeling encouraged? And I get it that it would be so much easier. It'd be so much easier to sit here right now and be like, look, just look at the, look at the good verses in the Bible. Listen to those and, and you'll just be happy all the days of your life. That, that would be easier to do. It right? would be. Yeah. But that's not the charge that's given us. The, the charge that God has given us is to divide his word correctly and to use it in, in a good way to teach and to rebuke and to correct. I looked up that verse it's second Timothy three sixteen. It says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, 
that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So it says profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction. A lot of times we're not given reproof, correction, and instruction. No. You know? No. We're given... Unicorns, rainbows. Yes. And and the blessings and the and the goodness of God. And, and you know what? The Bible teaches that God is good and he does bless us. But the Bible talks about that what we get as Christians is, is the blessing that we get more than anything. The Bible talks about all you, God will give you all the desires of your heart. That's another one that's misquoted because people think, well, if I desire yeah. it in my heart, God's going to give it to me. No, that means that God will give you his desires in your heart. Like, right. for instance, with me, I wanted different things before I got saved. I got saved and now I have the desires of God in my heart. That's what that verse means. It doesn't mean that like, man, I want a mansion. So God's going to give me that because I desire it. You know, the Bible can be incredibly encouraging when it's, it's preached the, the right way. And that doesn't mean that's discouraging. You know, when, no. when, when you give people these Bible verses that correct and teach them, it doesn't mean that, that that's going to be discouraging, that they're going to walk away with a feeling like discouraged for the entire week. No. Just to interject real quick, I think there is a difference between that, what is talked about in that verse as far as that correction and legalism. There is a difference, and one is done out of love, the other is not. The other is done just out of pure law and, and just in enforcing that law. But I want to go ahead and wrap things up here. Great, great topic today. I feel like we covered quite a bit there. Final thoughts? Anything? So my final thoughts would be that if you're reading through the Bible and something in there corrects you and, and says that you're doing it this way when you should be doing it this way, or you're not doing this when you should be doing this, that shouldn't be discouraging. As Christians, we stumble and we, we fall sometimes, but we always run back to God and he, he teaches us and shows us the right way. That's a good thing that you are being corrected by the word of God. Yeah. That's a good thing. If you were to read that and, and it did nothing to you, if you're like, oh, well, well, that's just the way I am, that might be a trouble thing. But if you're reading the word of God and you're saying, oh my goodness, the the word is saying this and that applies to me and, and the Holy Spirit shows you something in your life that that you are doing it the, the different from the way God wants you to do it, then that's a good thing. That's our father lovingly correcting you. And, and showing you, the he's putting you back on the path that he has for you. In Proverbs, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. So when he's correcting you in his word, that is him directing your path. It's a beautiful thing. That's, That's the good. good shepherd guiding you with his rod and his staff. That's awesome, so, if, if you come across that, don't be discouraged, be encouraged. That That's God saying, here, I'm putting you on the right path. I love you and I want what's best for you. Just in closing, next week, we're going to have some special guests. So that's exciting. All right. Well, thank you, Matt. I am Dave and we are Hope Through Exile. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us for the Hope Through Exile podcast. Hope Through Exile is made possible by the generous support of Hope Has Risen Recovery Ministry. Find out more about their mission and get involved at hopehasrisen.org. The Shine FM Podcast Network.